0: This is Mood Boards, Storyboards and Creative Briefs, and I'm Neil Wilkins. So if you're in a marketing and communications role, if you're doing anything with regard to content production, if you're in a creative agency, any form of visual communication, then this is the session for you. Because we're going to be talking about the three fundamental building blocks of good, effective communication and visual storytelling in marketing, PR and communications. So as we go through this session, I'm going to be drawing your attention to a range of uh, different opportunities that you have for getting ever better, ever more focused using mood boards, storyboards and creative briefs. So I want to start, as I normally do, with a little definition. So I'm going to start with the definition of a mood board, which is a visual tool used in the creative process to communicate and convey a specific kind of atmosphere, feeling, or um, if you're doing a campaign, some kind of sort of aesthetic direction for a project. Now, normally it will consist, as you can see, of a curated collection of images, maybe textures, colors. There could be typography, font style and design um, and any other design elements that help you to convey the message and the f- feel of what it is you're looking to communicate so if you're working with designers clients and other members of your team this will help everybody to align on your intention for the look and feel of the project now of course you know the starting point of any successful uh, visual project is that it is consistent and that you are going to be getting what you want So mood boards are often used in fields obviously like um, design, fashion, advertising, and the idea here is to establish a clear vision before starting the actual work, because of course without that, you could be thinking something very different to a designer, very different to the person who's going to be pulling the project or campaign together, very different to the person you're trying to sell the idea to. So a mood board sets the kind of aesthetic, if you like, of the project or the campaign. So that is a very important building block. And we're going to go into how you do this, how you use these, how you create them and some of the tools available as we go through this conversation. The second of our three in our mood boards, storyboards and creative briefs is the storyboard. Now, as the name suggests, this is a visual, again, representation of the, the narrative. So typically the flow or sequence, um, which can be illustrations, it could be images, but the flow or sequence of events that you are trying to uh, create. And of course, this would serve as a blueprint if you were creating any form of film, and animation, video production, or uh, the like. And the idea is that it outlines the flow of scenes and actions. And of course, if there's any kind of dialogue, if there's um, supporting content or a script, then you would be including these in there. And if you're creating some form of video, then this would be descriptions of camera angles, etc, etc. So why are we doing this? Well, again, this is helping to build the picture so that you can really create a a consistency, if you like, if you're working with directors, videographers, a production team, um, an agency, helping everybody to really understand the visual storytelling of the project or the campaign so that they can pre-visualize, and this is a key word here, pre-visualize the final product So the final kind of execution of this creative before you begin. That's really, really important because you can imagine if you were creating uh, the next blockbuster Hollywood movie, um, if you had an idea in your mind, but you hadn't storyboarded it, you can imagine bringing a camera crew in and saying, right, this is kind of the essence of what we're doing. Um, I haven't storyboarded it. You go and shoot some stuff and I'll sit over here and I'll direct And you'd find they would be shooting random things. You know, it just wouldn't join up. So this will identify any potential challenges before you start shooting or before you start crafting whatever it is in this visual storytelling that you're looking to create. So again, this is the second of our three kind of building blocks, if you like, that come together to enable us to tell a visual story. So the third element is our creative brief. So we've got our mood board, we've set the visual aesthetic, we've got a storyboard, so we know kind of the flow of things. And now what we want to do is create a brief that is a strategic document that outlines the reasons why. So the objectives, the requirements, the kind of expectations for this creative project So it's going to be a guide for everybody involved. Again, all of this is kind of guiding and choreographing a flow of activities that gets you what you want to be delivering at the end of it. So you might be guiding designers, copywriters and other creative professionals. And what you're doing is you're giving them essential information about the project's target audience. Key messages, the visual style, the tone of voice, again, bringing into play the storyboard and the mood board and any kind of specific deliverables that this project needs to be um, producing. Because obviously, if they know the end goal and they can have that in their mind's eye, as well as they're working creatively on this, then you can be confident and they can be confident you're all working to the same end objective, the same end goal. So a well-prepared creative brief will ensure that everybody understands the goals. Um, It will be there as a good communications tool for facilitating you collaborating between if you're an agency, um, your client, and if you're on the client side, any creatives throughout this project or campaigns development so without a brief i mean can you imagine what would happen you know you've created this lovely mood board so you kind of got everybody um buying into the visual aesthetic of it you've got your storyboard and you're thinking yeah it's all really good you know i've plotted this all out but actually i haven't told you yet why we're doing this so without a context without that kind of strategic view it's very hard to really sort of get everybody's buy-in because they'll only see their little piece of the pile their little part in the activities and what they won't necessarily understand is the bigger picture what are we actually trying to achieve here what are the end goals because of course as a team collaborating together around Delivery of the creative brief means that other people might come up with some really cool ideas, things that you hadn't thought of. And if they understand the overall project goals... There's a very good chance that they'll be delivering some strategic value to you as well. So there's a huge value in trying to figure out how you are going to you know, visually storytell within the communications that you do, but at the same time, really doing it in a collaborative, consistent, well project managed way. So what I want to do is kind of hone in on some of these elements here, because now we've got three building blocks. We're going to do some deeper dives in just a minute. But what we want to try and do is really understand, you know, some of the reasons why we'd want to be doing this. You know, if we are looking to tell stories um, in a marketing sense or communication sense using visual media, um, so that could be imagery, could also be obviously corresponding words, but very much could be um, animation and video. Um, and it might be sort of 3D metaverse stuff as well. I mean, all of these things apply. What we're looking to do here is to really sort of glean the importance, if you like, of these strong visual elements. So what we want is eye-catching imagery um, that captures attention. So we need to help convey messages Uh, very, very quickly through, you know, effective storytelling in everything that we do. And of course, because today is so fast paced in every uh, um, element of our digital landscape, we need to be doing this really effectively. We also need to think about um, emotional connection. You know, visual storytelling can evoke emotions, which allow our audiences, our target audiences, really to connect with our brand on a deeper level and really create lasting impressions. If you were to just give somebody a list of stuff that you do rather than tell a story visually, it's far less likely they will be emotionally connected. And of course, it also allows for brand consistency, again, maintaining a consistent visual style and tone across everything that you do will probably extend beyond this kind of creative brief in this particular activity, and it will just give a consistency. So no matter where, how and when your target audience encounters your brand, they know it's you. So that's really key here as part of this visual storytelling. Of course, you know, use of color comes into play as well. Strategically, we can use color in visual storytelling to really enhance the brand's personality. Um, And then thereby, you know, the knock-on effect is influencing their emotion and perception. So, you know, they will see a particular style or color or tone of voice of our brand. And that will, in in many ways, evoke a particular response. And that will be something that would need to be carefully crafted. So we'll look at how we can do that. Also, the mix of formats is um, is important. So, you know, we need to sort of consider all of this storytelling across all the different ways that we can be communicating. So we'll be thinking about photography, as I've said, imagery, um, illustration, could be animation, there'll definitely be videos and infographics and, and the like. And what we're trying to do here is create a really dynamic and engaging visual experience. So no matter where people encounter us, they're going to get this consistent view, but it will be engaging it'll be emotional because it will be tapping in not just to their logical mind but to also their emotions and that's really you know hugely powerful when we start to build the engagement that we're looking for At the same time as well is we need to kind of bear in mind authenticity, Um, and this has got to make sure that everything that we create visually resonates with the target audience. So this is where things like showcasing real life situations, bringing, you know, case studies and examples in that resonate, you know, one to one with our target audience. That's really, really important and key. And what we'll be looking to do here is obviously build trust and credibility. So, you know, we're going quite deep into, you know, not just the creativity here, but some of the really fundamental reasons why this stuff's important. Um, We'll be obviously, you know, rolling this kind of stuff out through social media. So, for example, you know, leveraging the power of this visual storytelling on all the platforms where somebody might encounter us. Um, and of course, this in, in turn will drive kind of engagement and shareability. You know, if we can be doing stuff that really is shareable by our target audience, then that's going to leverage the, the reach that we can see. So it is super important, really, we can't really be doing this in isolation. So all of these things need to be born in mind when you're creating this creative brief. Things like effective typography can have a fundamental impact. It doesn't matter whether or not you've got the best photography in the world if you don't combine it with the right typography. And by typography, we mean the, the, the essence and style of the fonts and the um, sort of choices that you make in the way that you communicate the supporting messages around the visual element of your assets. So that is obviously really, really important. Um, it's need to maintain obviously visual interest, but they need to work in harmony to really sort of you know keep a consistency of message going forward. Now, all of the time when we're doing this, we're trying to kind of stimulate behavior. We're trying to stimulate, you know, a change in kind of attitude and, and, and difference really. So the call to action again is another really important part of visual storytelling. Um, obviously you know when we're in a sort of a a content writing uh, mindset um, it's very obvious that by the end of the writing we want to be um, helping people to know where they're going to go next well the same thing applies in visual storytelling so making sure that you incorporate very clear and visually be visually appealing calls to action within these kind of marketing materials and assets to, to making sure that we really prompt the audience to take the action that we desire them to take so they move to the next step in the customer journey so that's really important we don't want to just get creative for creative sake here we need to make sure that we're balancing the visuals and the text to really stimulate the change of behavior that we're looking to do here so avoiding clutter avoiding a kind of you know an overuse of stuff so often simple is best to be able to you know make that happen And at the same time, making sure that we are adaptable in everything that we do. So visual storytelling strategies need to kind of so sort of work across various channels and platforms, you know, tailoring, obviously, for the um, specific medium. So, you know, some social media platforms, for example, will be um, sort of you know, using square images and, and others, you know, it's more kind of portrait or landscape. So just kind of understanding the little nuances around the storytelling medium that we're going to be using, obviously, is really, really important at that kind of stage. So when we start thinking about the how we're going to do this, then we need to think about uh, we're going to actually align um, our mood boards, storyboards, and creative briefs so that we actually successfully complete all of the things that I've just mentioned. So there's a number of different kind of ways and processes, if you like, that we can do this. So we're going to start with the creative brief, we're going to create a mood board, develop a storyboard, collaborate and refine. So we need to get everybody's buy-in and then be looking to kind of roll this out really as a project. So it's important to remember that when you're creating these kind of creative assets or these materials as a marketer or as a PR or as a communicator or as an agency, that it is all about outcomes. So this is process and project management as much as it is creativity. I think a lot of people get swept along by the excitement of the creative and forget that actually a lot of this is based around process. So that's what we're going to look at now. So we're going to start with the creative brief. If you're, if you're making notes here, this is all done in the order of play, if you like, for actually putting this stuff into practice. So if you're kind of making notes alongside this, then this is a, you know, a good sort of method or process that you can follow. So we're going to start with the clear creative brief, um, establishing the campaign objectives, things like the target audience, your key message, obviously the brand tone and voice, but at a kind of a higher level within the creative brief, and then this document's going to serve as the foundation for the other stuff that we're talking about, your mood board and storyboard. So it gives that kind of context and that reason why, so that the person um, or um, individuals or the agency who are going to be using this, the designers, they get this kind of broader context. So then... Creating the mood board. So, the creative brief then is used as a guide to develop the mood board that visually brings it to life. So, it's going to then represent the campaign's look, feel, and atmosphere. So, this is where, as we said earlier, we're going to bring in the colors, typography, you know, any kind of textures or sort of feel, um, this sort of tacticity, if you like. So, how tactile does this need to be? If it's a physical thing, I mean, we're talking here about imagery, but this, this could be a physical thing that you're talking about as well. And any other visual elements that are going to inspire the creative direction, if you like, for this. So we're we're getting sort of creative, but we're also at this stage, you know, holding true to the fact that this is a process that we are going to be guiding all of the people involved um, along through. And the first part of that process is our storyboard. So then we move from the mood board, that visual aesthetic, into developing the storyboard. So we're going to use the mood board and the creative brief as a reference. So those are things that are being built upon here to create the storyboard that gives us that step by step series of key scenes, any transitions, any dialogue or script to convey our story. So the creative brief is kind of the objectives and the scene setter. The mood board is kind of the touchy feely bit. And then the storyboard is the step by step guide to how this thing's going to play out. So can you start to see how these things then pretty much weave together to give you that kind of essence of how this thing is going to flow, both as a project, but also of the, uh, the final outcome? And then, of course, what we're going to do is use those three elements with the team, with any other stakeholders to gather feedback and input to making sure that we haven't missed stuff. Because certainly the first iteration of your mood board, storyboard, and creative brief, probably you should think of as a draft. So what you're doing is you're kind of setting this thing up so that it is, you know, it's well positioned. Um, It's probably pretty much there, but it probably isn't completely there. So ensuring that you're going to get this really good feedback from the specialist, from the experts, from the professionals. So your design team, your writers, your um, videographers, whoever it is who's involved in the team, making sure that you're able to capture any revisions based on that feedback so that you then can go confidently into the project knowing that you have everybody on board because they've been given the space and opportunity to contribute their expertise back into it. Again, often this is missed in that client agency relationship Relationship, unless both parties have got this really open sort of honest dialogue going on so that's important and then to ensure that you're consistent then as you start to roll this uh, project out and as you move into the production phase making sure that everything just you know you're, you're kind of overseeing this thing at this stage so you're watching for kind of how things actually play out You're watching to see that the brief um, is being fulfilled, um, and that how close really the final outputs are in alignment with the campaign objectives and target audience. Now, if you're talking about a small campaign or small project, this would be something you probably might do once or twice as you go through the production phase. But if it's a much bigger ticket item, so maybe it's a big corporate video or it's a much longer campaign or a series of assets or materials that you're creating, then the really important thing that you're looking to do here is to make sure that you're kind of you know reviewing as you go and reviewing with anybody else who is involved and that's going to be important because you know whilst you are the custodian of this process you do want to make sure that everything that's happening as you go through this is reflecting the direction that that creative brief had set so that you're hitting the campaign objectives the target audience ultimately is going to get exactly what they need for that behavior change so you're adding value to the business what you're not doing is just creative for creative sake. And again, a lot of people fall at that that kind of hurdle because it's really important to make sure that you're monitoring and evaluating the performance, particularly if this is a campaign that you're going to switch on and turn live, so that you're actually tracking the performance using the metrics that you've outlined in the brief, and if you've got any key performance indicators, and keeping everybody involved. I mean, a lot of people are going to be really interested to know whether or not um, they're their creative um, outputs have made a difference. So making sure you're reporting back to everybody who was involved, even if you think, well, you know, they're just a copywriter and we just get them in to do the work occasionally and they will be curious. They will be wanting to know how did that turn out? So, you know, this sets you up really nicely if you manage this well for future campaigns, future creative briefs, future projects, working with these people. So part of this is about the creativity, but part of this is actually about the, the management of the process, the management and the project management of the people around you. Because if you can ensure that a continuous improvement mindset is built into this, then you can just get better and better and better, not only at the outputs, but the results that these outputs create. So this can be really effective if you get this right. So what I want to do now is go in a little bit deeper into each of the three areas of mood boards, storyboards and creative briefs. And then when we come to the kind of rounding of these things up, I'm going to give you some examples of how you can do some of this stuff um, using various tools that are available because, you know, obviously there might be some missing elements in here. You think, oh, we don't really do that. That would be useful to know. So I'll share with you towards the end of this um, some of the tools that you can bring into play if you're not doing all this stuff right now. So on the mood board side of things, this is, as I would describe it, really the foundation of, you know, the creative inspiration and brand development. So, you know, with your visual brainstorming, which would be probably one of the early um, starting points, really, as you create your mood boards, what you're doing is you're helping to consolidate ideas and styles and concepts in a visual format that really sparks inspiration and encourages creative thinking. So even if you have brand guidelines, it's really important to do something some visual brainstorming because could you extend the boundaries of what you've done before just by getting all the ideas out and on the table that can be quite an exciting part of this process and mood boards are fun they are visually fun and if you're a visual thinker um, and you use some mind mapping or things like that to come up with ideas then certainly mood boards will be something that will be you know very familiar with you and be really attractive to you. Then as you move into the development of the theme, mood boards enable you to establish a clarity of the theme, which is a a really strong foundation for cohesion of the design or the creative outputs that you're looking for. So what you're doing is you're starting to see things evolve and emerge from the mood board that you might not have otherwise seen. So what you're looking for here is kind of an essence of the feel of what's going on. Um, And of course, then as you start to see things emerge, color palette selection is vitally important because, you know, as you're looking across particular um, scenes in your um, storyboard, or you're looking maybe to push the boundaries of the the brand that you have at the moment, showcasing different color combinations and schemes within your color palette allows then the mood board to kind of really refine down to what is the color palette available for our designers and creatives to use. So it's as much about saying what you're not going to do as it is what you are going to do so maybe choosing um, a signature color for this particular campaign or project and then choosing the palette around that signature color so that there's a consistency but there's also a little bit of creativity brought into it as well And then from that, you can move to your kind of material and texture exploration. So the mood board allows you to be exploring, as I mentioned before, the more kind of tactile nature um, of the particular uh, sort of project or materials you're going to do. So, you know, are you looking for hot and cold? Are you looking for, you know, harsh or soft? Are you looking for, um, you know, sort of other kind of rough or smooth? So almost having like little volume controls, if you like, on some of these um, spectra. So if if you kind of created a spectrum for um, sort of hard or soft, for example, um, with hard on one end of the spectrum and soft on the other, where's your little slider going to end up? A mood board allows you to kind of move that slider in collaboration and in meetings with other people. So you can kind of agree, oh, yeah, it's there at about the kind of four out of 10 mark. So maybe slightly towards the harder end of the spectrum. And again, that just sets this kind of scene in terms of the material and texture that you're gonna be exploring and and working with. And as you start to do that, making sure that this is gonna appeal to your target audience. So, you know, you can help to identify some visual elements that are gonna resonate with them. And then of course, what you're doing is you're beginning to set the expectation that the final design is gonna effectively communicate that intended message that you're looking to do. And as of course all of this stuff, and what you're doing here is with this mood board, you're really cr- creating um, or curating in many ways um, collaboration. So what you're doing is you're using the mood board as a really invaluable tool for getting you know people to bond together in the decision making that goes into the the kind of softer, more subjective elements of this particular project. So you know if you're looking for collaboration between designers, clients, and other stakeholders, this allows everyone to align kind of the creative vision and expectation of the project you know really really clearly and it's again it's exciting to see these things emerge and build so as you're doing your mood board what you want to be doing is making sure you give it enough time give this thing enough time to enable you to really kind of explore and play with it and enjoy the process um the style and tone, for example, you know, is a really, really important one. So I talked there about sort of hard and soft. Um, you could be looking there at um, sort of at having other kind of um, sort of, you know, spectra, if you like. So you create a little spectrum with a slider. And and in collaboration, you're kind of talking about kind of tone of voice should be, would we be loud or quiet. You know, where for this particular project or this particular um, campaign do we want to be? And it might be slightly different to your normal brand so therefore you can get into those kinds of conversations style and tone of voice is a really important one Um, particularly if you're looking to maybe launch a product and you have a very gentle very sort of soft soothing style of brand but you want to get a product out there and you want to shout about this product well what's the tone of voice going to be because shouty isn't in your brand style but you need to be quite vocal about it so you know using the mood board to really establish what is appropriate within your brain guidelines but that kind of really feels right and of course a lot of this is about feeling and what you're doing here as part of the whole kind of process of doing this and establishing, you know, good quality time in here is that you're actually in the long run, actually saving time. Because by doing this early on, you are going to be reducing the need for lots of revisions, lots of toing and froing, back and forth discussions. You're going to find that this will t- save time in, in the future. So if you can really nail this mood board early on, um, not only is it an inspiration um, and an archive for capturing ideas and referencing for future future projects which of course it will Um, of course it will build confidence that everybody's aligned and you're going to be all working together but it, it kind of allows you then to kind of not have to retrace your steps because what you're doing As you're creating something that's quite versatile, um, it's going to be something that could be quite adaptable. If you find then when you get into the production phase, things are getting a little bit tricky to actually deliver this within the brand guidelines that you already have, then you can kind of go back to the mood board, go back to the table, and then maybe just adjust and, and change some of these things that were previously agreed. So it really is a really good building block. It's a real foundation for this kind of stage of your process. So what we're doing is we're kind of getting closer and closer, if you like, to kind of aligning all of these things. And the same kind of approach really um, works with your um storyboards. And so what we're trying to do here is whilst the mood board is the scene setter, it's the thing that's going to kind of bond us together. The storyboard is going to be this hopefully compelling um, a fuel, if you like, for the project. Um, So it's going to allow us um, to establish a really clear narrative. So we're going to be able to kind of define the key messages, the certain points where those messages are going to be told within the longer story. And just making sure that as at each of these steps of the story, the kind of the messages and the communication, it kind of joins up and it makes sense and it's getting out there. So it kind of resonates with the target audience at every step. It will help us to, you know, by using all these consistent colors and typography and imagery, tell the right part of the story at the right time in the journey of the story. So the storyboard allows you then to really kind of emphasize some of the more key moments or the really key scenes or those points where, you know, you need to be leaving a lasting impression. So the storytelling plotting is so, so critical, uh, much as you would in any kind of, say, presentation or any kind of if you're writing a book or something like that, or even a blog, you know that you've got to start a middle and an end. Well, the same thing happens when you are choreographing any kind of creative in this way that we're talking about, is you need to be then sort of putting in place, you know, some very, very clear um, moments within the journey of this storyboard, so that you can incorporate things like motion and transitions that lead to these highlights. So that if you were to create a showreel of you know the most important bits the designer, the creative, the videographer, the content writer, they know when those key moments are. So what you're doing is you're getting tighter and tighter and tighter on when those key decision points, particularly from the audience's perspective, when they get to kind of see or watch or feel or hear this um, output, that they know that, okay, now's the time I need to click the button or now's the time I need to kind of do this particular activity. And of course, what it does as well is the showcase... Um, of the product benefits or the service benefits that you're trying to get into the story allows you to position these really appropriately in a way that kind of highlights obviously the benefits it reinforces any kind of value proposition that you're trying to um, sort of do here and at the same time leveraging the emotional appeal so when you think of any kind of sort of advertising for example uh, and particularly car advertising um, is, is, is a really good example of this is that when you watch a um, a, an ad on the tv or in social media um, a video um, ad of a car from a car manufacturer what you'll see is there's a huge amount of attention focused on the emotional appeal but then there's always at certain points a practicality or a logical moment where they're going to give you a little benefit from the little feature that they've just highlighted it might just be the lights or it could be look at the position of the um, the driver in the in the, in, the, in the cabin or it could be look at the way the tailgate does a certain thing or whatever it is they'll, they'll subtly put in particular product features at certain points in this visual emotional journey so the whole thing is created as this wonderful lifestyle but what they're doing as well is they're putting product placement at a very granular level inside that journey so it's super clever, but it's also super efficient. So by leveraging your the emotional appeal at those key points in that storyboard, it allows you then to be very, very much crafting the journey of emotion and a logic, logical kind of reactions that you're going to get from the target audience as they go through it. It also allows you then to, as you're building this storyboard, to optimise for multiple platforms. So, if, for example, in the uh, the car manufacturer um, um, advert uh, example that I've just given to you there, uh, they are looking to run that maybe on um, broadcast TV, terrestrial TV, as a uh, big TV ad campaign. They can also then take little snippets out. So, your storyboard might also have, you know, a subset of, you know, social media. Um, scenes if you like or steps in that particular broader um, video that's being produced or broader advert there might be little kind of subsets so kind of short form versions of the long form creative Um, so that can be a really powerful thing that allows you to kind of optimize across a whole range of different platforms because you want to be able to get you know the best results that you possibly can you know from this And what it'll allow you to do as well is to, you know, use very clear and concise messaging at these individual points, both in long form and short form, if we're talking video as an example here. Um, And it will allow you then to involve all the stakeholders to ensure that, you know, your product development, people are happy with the narrative, they're happy with what you're saying, um, that salespeople can um, have the same kind of script when they go in and actually speak to a customer. So the spin-off benefit of involving all of your stakeholders within the storyboard is that everybody knows their part in the process. They all know their part in the journey. Um, and it allows you then to test and iterate or reiterate if you need to. So conduct any kind of research or focus groups to test the effectiveness of this thing. And particularly if, again, if this is a big budget uh, production that you're doing, you probably want to do the testing before you then start to create the the actual um execution or the production of the materials themselves. But if this is a smaller item, then it allows you then to test back on. We expected people to click through at this point in the journey. How many did? So it allows you not only to plan for the production, maintain consistency, but actually to as well as you go through this, making sure that everything then really aligns back to what is in effect the creative brief. Because again, as I've said a number of times, it's very easy to get swept along by the excitement of the creative. But a lot of the time, what we're trying to do here is just use the mood boards, use the storyboards to enable us to manage against the creative brief. So we've got a number of steps of the creative brief and here are the ones I want to share with you. Again, step by step, This, if you followed this process, this would get you to everything, all the elements that you need. Um, You've obviously got to um, clearly outline the goals and desired outcomes of the campaign um, or the project. And this will give you a solid foundation for making decisions, for developing the strategy, for communicating stuff. Everything is aligned to these campaign objectives and everybody else, when you've communicated it to them, is also going to be aligned with this. Um, You've obviously going to determine because you need to, um, because this storyboard and the mood board and stuff's got to play out against a, a target audience so determining the specific persona the demographics the interests the behaviors um, so you can then make sure that this is used as a, a filter really for you know when we create the creative here is is that going to resonate with this target audience because if it doesn't it's all going to fall very flat no matter how you know creatively amazing your project is or the campaign rollout looks If it doesn't resonate with the target audience, it's not going to work. And of course, by establishing an overarching message, so the umbrella message, as I always call it, for the campaign, allows you then to have this really concise, compelling, um, maybe single statement or strapline that communicates the core value proposition of this campaign and all the products or services that are within it. So it aligns then with the campaign objectives. Everybody knows what's going on. And so everybody is now focused and pointed in the right direction. I would suggest that this is probably the analogy that's closest to this is the um, almost like setting your sat nav. So when you jump into your car and you set the sat nav for the journey, this is kind of the creative brief version of that. So it allows you then to establish, OK, this is where we're headed. This is how we're going to go. This is who we're going to take in the car with us, This is how much fuel we've got. see budget. budget. Um, and kind of this is our direction. So here we are. We're on the journey now. And then, of course, you can bring in your mood boards for determining the brand tone and voice. You can bring in the storyboard to select the appropriate marketing channels. You can then outline the creative elements, though, so the visuals, the text, the auditory elements that are going to use in the campaign to achieve those objectives. So can you see what's happening here? Using the creative brief allows you to bring in all the elements of the stuff you've just done with the mood board and the storyboard and bring it into a really consistent, Form. And of course, as a project manager, because now you're managing this, even though we've got the crayons um, and the nice coloured pencils there, because we're going to be delivering something creative, we need to be remembering here, we're the owner of this creative process we're in charge of the project management. So we've got to set a realistic budget, but it will be realistic because we've set the target audience. We know the channels, we've done the storyboard. We know how long this is going to take. We know how much resource, we know who we're involving and we know the style and tone of voice and how much new stuff, because we've done the mood board. So you're really in control at this stage. You know, you really are in the production hot seat. And having set the budget realistically, because you know exactly what's needed or not, and again, that's another useful filter, you can then establish the timeline for rolling this thing out. And again, in agreement with all the um, other parties, um, you will then be also putting the success metrics in there. So when this thing is, um, you know, produced when this thing is out in the public domain when this thing gets evaluated from all of the incoming um, things like conversions or impressions or engagement rates we will know actually whether we've succeeded or not so putting some really really smart objectives in much as you would in any other style of project is really important in the creative brief and then, of course, then you can assign your roles and responsibilities because you're managing this tightly. You know what the thing is, you know, you know, the kind of resources that you need. You can then make sure that everybody you need is up and running. So clearly defining the roles and responsibility of everybody in the team who you've got around you. Could be internals, could be agency, whoever, whoever you need and any other stakeholders. So who's sponsoring this? Who actually owns the budget? Is it you? If it's not, who does? So you can. Basically be using you know all of this information to really kind of you know, manage it as a project and then always fostering a culture of open communication and collaboration. So inviting input and ideas from your team members, other stakeholders, so you can continuously refine and improve the creative brief. And as we said earlier, the mood board and storyboard as well, if you need to. And I would always say there's an interesting one here um, towards the end of this process. Include a contingency plan or changes to the campaign that you think you might need to do if everything went wrong. So if you suddenly didn't have a budget, what's plan B? If suddenly you've gone through maybe a sort of a bit of a subtle rebranding or suddenly the customer needs or the customer target changes – how are you going to adapt that? So what's going to happen if? So doing the kind of what if scenario planning, if this is, a, again, a big ticket, longer term project, if it's something that you think no, we can run, you know run this within the next sort of few weeks and, you know, very little is likely to change, you might decide I'm not going to have a contingency plan. But certainly if you're doing any kind of big ad campaign or anything that involves you know, a number of suppliers outside agencies, et cetera, having a plan B is really really... really important. Um, And again, you can align that with your realistic budget. Um, But having run some big, big ticket TV ad campaigns with agencies in the past, I know that a plan B can really get you out of jail if you need to. Um, So it's a really important um, uh, thing to be factoring in if you feel that uh, you might need to fall back on it Um, and make sure that everybody as well is aware of the contingency plan. So they know that you're not going to do it unless you have to. But there is a plan B and this is what it is. So when we talk about a culture of open communication, encouraging collaboration and feedback, make sure you're honest, you know, outgoing with the um, the uh, the content and the information as well, so that everybody's on board, everybody knows where they stand, and then everybody being a, a good, confident place to work with you and for you to drive the whole thing forward. So let's get on to looking at some of the tools. I'm not going to spend a huge amount of time talking about these. I'm just going to literally list out some of the uh, the more interesting ones that you can go away and have a little play with. So with the, the mood board tools, I mean, there are a lot of really good image sources. Um, there are color palette generators. Um, often these are kind of... Um, almost unknown, if you like, by many kind of marketers and communicators, but they are really, really important for creating a real harmony around the kind of color schemes that you work with. Um, typography, which I've mentioned a couple of times, um, is really, really important so that you can find and maybe pair fonts. Uh, if you don't have brand guidelines right now, this might be something um, that is quite new to you, um, but the the, you know, the putting of fonts together so that they work well in collaboration um, They need to be in harmony again, much like color would be typography needs um, to be together as well. So there are some resources uh, that you can explore and play with there. And of course, mood boards. We talked about uh, mood boards in quite some depth. So if you want to um, go beyond the typical Pinterest, for example, which has always traditionally been a very, very popular place, uh, there are some creation tools within the likes of Canva uh, for organizing and compiling visual elements um, that can work really really nicely for you so from a mood board perspective uh, that might be useful from a storyboarding, um, you can often just basically get some paper and pens and some markers and just start doing it by hand you know you do not have to be a professional artist to make a really effective storyboard if you've got some ideas in your head and you just think i just need to get these onto paper that's where the phrase getting the idea onto paper comes from. So have a little play, you know, have a little sketch and uh, see what you can come up with. Um, if you're looking to get a more, I could call it professional approach and you're not a digital artist or a professional fine artist, then um, you can be using... Um, a lot of different um, you know um, opportunities like Sketch or um, Procreate or Adobe Illustrator for creating digital storyboards, and um, these are very very good ways of very fast um, track uh, creation of, of storyboard panels. Templates. um, A lot of these, again, you can find um, if you um, search on pre-made templates. And again, some of these will might help you to sort of organise your storyboard. And and if you're looking to do this from a um, a video editing perspective, then you know any of the top um, sort of um, Adobe Premiere Pro, for example, Final Cut Pro on Mac, um, or DaVinci's Resolve can be um, used for creating kind of a more uh, sort of animated version, for example, if you wanted to put into place um, you know, particular examples of uh, pre-existing um, sort of animations or video clips uh, that you want to then storyboard with, uh, you might find that's quite quite good. So, so animation or motion storyboards is another option if you want to take things to the next level. But my guidance um, initially would be, yeah, keep it simple. You know, maybe just get the pen and paper out and start sketching because you might find you can get eighty percent of what you need just from you know what comes out of your head, and you can get onto to Keeper. Creative brief tools, um, you can keep it very, very simple. Uh, Just do something in Microsoft Word, uh, for example, for just creating the brief. But you will find that there are platforms um, out there for um, creating uh, these kinds of things. Um, And certainly for project management, a lot of people using things like Basecamp, Asana or Trello um, for organizing the timelines and the tasks and the resources. Um, And if you want to get people chatting, um, well, obviously, a lot of us are using the likes of Slack like a microsoft teams now um, so make sure that you're putting into place things that work for you and your organization so again not necessarily trying to create anything new here but just tap into the ways that um, just make your life easier in terms of collaborating and communicating um, but i would say definitely using the um sort of um, word processing uh, software that you already have to cr- you know, create a, um, and format a, an effective uh, creative brief at the outset. Again, keeping it simple. You don't have to overcomplicate this and you know, do a search for templates for creative briefs and you will find many, many options, uh, and some of which hopefully will match your working style in your organisation. But I would say, and this is my big tip uh, to round this off, um, is that remember that the specific tools you choose may depend on the organization that you're in, the team dynamics, you know, the project requirements. Um, so don't over-engineer um, this. If you need to keep it simple because it's only a simple project, then do that. But you do need all three elements, the mood board, storyboard, and a creative brief, even if you keep it super simple. Um, and make sure that you experiment. You probably won't get this right first time you know i've been doing this kind of stuff for many decades and i still find myself learning new tools come into play and you think oh, actually that could improve what i was doing last time so it is a, a constant ongoing continuous journey and for me that's what makes it really exciting and interesting and of course, you know, would you sell, um, would you um, sort of share one of the questions that's come up in the, uh, the Q&A uh, box here? And if you do have any questions, by the way, pop your uh, questions into the chat or into the Q&A. Um, how do you prefer, um, says Alison, how do you prefer to share your mood board, physical presentation to the client or using whiteboard sharing software to make it more collaborative and if the latter which software do you favor I mean collaboration is key Alison I would say that you know whatever um, and however the size of the project I would say that um, personally I would be using um, something like and I've always found actually this to be a really really neat one because you can collaborate in real time so I would be using to get initial ideas into play I'd be using something like Pinterest if it was me uh, for a mood board I think you know that is still a very, very reliable um, resource that you can use for free, you know, you can go in there and play. um, And you can bring in stuff that is very persona focused. Um, So I love this question, because it reminds me to say, you know, a lot of this stuff, you need to be able to see your target audience, your target persona, in the, the the journey that you take creating the mood board and the storyboard and the creative brief. If you can't see or feel them in there, then you might be slightly off target. And the lovely thing about um, Pinterest is it allows you to bring in, you know, images of your target persona as well. So how you see them in your mind's eye, bring them into play in the mood board. Um, and it's a lovely way of just kind of double checking that you're actually on the right track. And then if you're looking for additional collaboration, I would be using some kind of of whiteboarding. I mean, for me, my uh, go-to at the moment is Mural, Um, So I use the mural whiteboarding platform, um, and I'd be bringing all of the assets that I would might have uh, sort of created um, or curated uh, within Pinterest, I'd be bringing in an equivalent maybe into mural so that I can then manipulate how they then sit together. And then I'd be using, you know, that combination of those two things to, you know, really kind of tell a story, because at that stage, it's a visual storytelling that you're doing. Um, so that is uh, really quite uh, it's a really really good question because um got to make sure this thing is practical but i would say going back to those uh, those lists for the uh, mood and storyboards um <coughs> excuse me um is yeah just experiment play you know over the next maybe two or three campaigns or projects or you know, tasks that you have, Um, go away and have a little play, see which ones resonate, see which ones you enjoy. And then, yeah, just keep adapting, keep experimenting, find the ones that work best for you and your team. And I wish you every success in your journey in this whole creative space, whether you're agency or you're on the marketing client side, you know, we all need to and can do much, much better in our collaboration and coordination of mood boards, storyboards and creative briefs. So I hope I've given you enough of a process giving you a few ideas for some of the tools to go away and play with and hopefully giving you some inspiration for going away and practicing and having some fun. You know, in in all the things that we do as communicators, this creative process can be one of the most fun. So uh, go away, have some fun and enjoy yourself in this whole process. Thank you for listening and watching and I'll see you again very, very soon.